Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Well, good morning. How are we all doing? Doing okay? I love it. I don't know about you, um, but this Revival Hope series, um, throughout this whole last couple of months, God has really been doing a lot of work in my heart, and today's message is just that. It's from my heart, and I hope that uh, I can just share a little bit about what God is teaching me and speaking to me about in hopes that you'll leave here feeling encouraged, feeling maybe uh, motivated to step in further with God to know Him better. To start, though, I have a question for you. I want you to think of a time in your life, okay, maybe this has happened, but have you ever felt stuck? Stuck, like I'm talking, like maybe you were like in a conversation with somebody and you're like, this is never going to end, right? Or you're at a red light or by a train and you're like, I live here now at this intersection. I will never leave. I'm talking desperate, helpless, stuck. A few years ago, um, I have a story where I was stuck, and our team and all of our families, we decided to go on a trip to Broken Bow, and while we were there, we went kayaking. Now, my girl Emily Manon and I were paired up on a kayak, and I just have to tell you that it was beautiful. It was like a picturesque day. Um, The vibes were immaculate, right? It was so amazing. The weather was perfect. But about an hour into this kayak ride, the vibes started to change, (laughs) It was no longer fun. (laughs) Things were shifting. In just a matter of seconds, we hit a few rapids. We're like tossed back and forth among all these rocks. Our kayak gets flooded. Uh, Most of our belongings are now down the river. And all of a sudden, we come to a halt. And I'm like, oh no, what happened? And I look over, and our kayak is stuck between two rocks, like here and our kayak is parallel to a drop-off. And I start panicking, okay? I literally have like, I'm terrified of what's about to happen. And I really can't see down this drop-off, but spiritually, it felt about like 100 feet down, okay? Like maybe 40, maybe 10 if I'm not exaggerating, but I felt like my life and Emily's were in danger. It was just a cliff of rocks and water just rushing. And then the water was also rushing behind us. So kind of like pushing us over, like we're about to go over this edge at any second. Now, um, everyone else was also ahead of us. So we were all alone. We were just taking our time. So everyone's like down the river. I tried to kind of hide my fear. And I was like, okay, I have to figure out something. I have to do something. I have to get us out of this, right? So I decide, I think maybe I can just push us off these rocks. And so I decide to stick my foot out and try to push off on some rocks. Now, if you are also not an experienced kayaker like me, you know that, uh, you may not know this, but it was a terrible idea. This is like the worst idea I could have had, but I had to do something, right? We were stuck. So I stick my leg out. It's barefoot, mind you, because my shoes were halfway down the river to Texas at this point. And all of a sudden, I hear this voice yelling And he's saying, stop, don't do that. And I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) what's happening? Emily and I looked over and there is Tim. (laughs) He was coming to rescue his sweet daughter and his youth pastor. (laughs) He was like, what? I have to help them. They are stuck. 
So he's climbing up these rocks. He's like walking against the current and he's trying to make his way to us. And as soon as he does, he gets to us and he's like, please leave all of your limbs in the boat, please. And then he just, with one little motion, moves our boat and we go down this little drop off to safety, physical safety. Emotionally, we were traumatized, but we were safe. And if you don't know this, um, in Broken Bow, apparently they also have a company that will take your photo for you while you're kayaking. So I actually have a photo of this exact moment. Um, as you can see, first of all, it has a watermark on it because I was like, I'm not paying for this moment. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Shout out brokenbowadventurephotos.com. <laughs> not a sponsor. Um, yeah. Okay. As you can see, um, this drop-off was not 100 feet. It was not even 40. It was not close to 10. As you can see, it was knee-deep water. <laughs> Just like, this is so humbling, right? I, I do this. I always tell the most embarrassing stories. Apparently, I bring this up today because I like embarrassing myself in front of all of you. But no, the real reason that I tell you this story, I've just been thinking about this moment a lot, and I've been thinking like, I think this is how God must feel when he's trying to help me sometimes. <laughs> like, how often do we do this same thing in life? We get stuck. We get desperate. Maybe it's our finances or a family relationship that's broken, or you're fighting with your spouse and your kids and you can't stop, or you're desperate to find a spouse, right? Shout out to the single people. Or maybe your job is taking the life out of you, or you have no idea what kind of job you even want and you can't find one. Maybe you're sick and nothing is helping you. Maybe someone you love is struggling and it's breaking you. Or maybe you're just in a spiritual drought and you're desperate to hear from God. Maybe you've never heard from him before and you just want to know that he's real. We all get stuck, don't we? We get desperate. And I don't know about you, but when I, that happens to me, I do exactly what I did on that river. I start doing anything and everything I can to try to fix the thing, right? And when most of the time I don't even know what I'm trying to fix, and most of the time, I just make it worse. Maybe you can relate to that feeling. But here's the reality, is that the thing that seems impossible to us is possible to God. It's nothing to him. The thing that feels like a 100-foot drop-off is just knee-deep water to him. Now, one of the six values at our church is courageous faith. Everyone say courageous faith. Courageous faith. So we are people, we are high faith. God can do anything people. So we courageously trust God for provision, healing, miracles, and breakthrough. Now, I love this value. I have always been very, like, drawn to this one. We put it on a sweatshirt last year. We love it. I love it, right? It makes me feel like I could run through a brick wall. Like, God can do anything. But if I'm honest, I, th I, I think that why I'm so drawn to that one in particular is because for me in my life, sometimes this is the hardest one to believe for myself. It's like, I know God can do anything, and I, I, it's easy to believe it for other people. But then what happens is things come along in life, and I get stuck. 
and I'm desperate for something to change. I'm desperate for breakthrough to come, but it all feels too impossible. I'm looking at the situation like, how is this going to happen? And it feels too big to ask. Over these last couple months, through the series Revival Hope, through praying a lot in our prayer room, through 100 hours of prayer, God has really just been um, challenging me, talking to me a lot. And he's been saying this phrase to me over and over and inviting me to this. And he keeps telling me, believe for breakthrough. Believe for breakthrough. And that's what I want to talk about today is this idea of breakthrough. And I'm going to read a story from the book of Ezekiel. And it's really about revival. And I think it has a lot to show us about God's heart for breakthrough, God's heart for revival, and how these two things go hand in hand. So we're going to be hanging out in Ezekiel 37, if you want to follow along in your Bibles. And some quick background before we dive into the story. So Ezekiel, my boy Zeke. I'm just kidding. He doesn't, he doesn't like to be called that. Don't call him that. <laughs> Ezekiel was a prophet, and he was appointed by God to send messages from God to the people of God. And this was all happening when the Israelites had been taken captive by the Babylonians. They were displaced from their homes. They were desperate. They were hopeless. They needed help. They were stuck. And the promises of God that they had heard their whole life must have felt like a myth to them at that point. And so God starts giving Ezekiel messages for them. And listen, to be honest, like the first 30 chapters of Ezekiel are like not a fun hang. Um, It's a lot about judgment. And he's basically telling them that things are about to get a lot worse. But then at the very like rock bottom when the people of God are at the very worst, God then starts to give Ezekiel some messages of hope to share. Revival is coming. Breakthrough is on the way. And that's where we're going to pick up in chapter 37, starting in verse 1. God shares this vision with Ezekiel. This is Ezekiel talking. He says, The hand of the Lord was on me. When he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley, it was full of bones. You're like, wait, I thought you said this was hopeful, but this is kind of scary. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Agreed. Okay, stay with me. This story is really powerful. Don't worry. It gets better. Okay. Verse 3, God set me, or he says, God set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. Verse 2, he led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. This is an important detail. Don't miss this, right? So in order for bones to even exist, they at one point had to have life in them. And in order for them to be dead and dry, they had to be gone for a long time. And then on top of that, at this point in Hebrew culture, for a body to not be buried meant that something happened where those bones were disgraced. So this is like a valley full of darkness and death and shame. This valley is grim. It's like the darkest of dark. But let's keep reading. Let's see what happens. Verse 3 says, God asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And he replies, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, 
God says to Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Now to most people, this feels foolish to do, right? To like talk to bones. That feels crazy. But Ezekiel puts away any doubt that he had and instead trusts God for the impossible and follows the instructions. He says, so I prophesied as I was commanded and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. So then God says to him, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain so that they may live. Now the word here for breath is the same word used for spirit. So God invites Ezekiel to speak the breath of life, the spirit of God into these bones. He prays, Holy Spirit, come, let these bones live. And he's, so he says, I did as I commanded. I prophesied as I commanded. The breath entered them and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Now we're going we're gonna to break this down a little bit more here. But first, can I just say, like, I used to not love this story. Um, it just kind of gave me the creeps a little bit. Like, it's a lot of talk about tendons. <laughs> and that just feels kind of like, uh, I just am like, I don't like it. Um, but it's like spooky season. Tim was like, pick an Old Testament story. And I was like, I guess I'll teach the bones. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, but for real, like for real, I wanted to teach this story today because while this story is undoubtedly about God's restoration of the Israelites and the people of God, he goes on after this in verse uh, 11 to say, the bones are the people of Israel, the whole nation of Israel, and I'm going to revive them, bring them back to life. It's a message of hope for them. But I also think it has a lot uh, for us to learn, for us to see. This is a story about revival, and it shows us God's heart for breakthrough. God brought to life something that was long dead, something that was disgraced. And when all hope was lost, God did the impossible, and the same is true for you and for me. No one is too far gone for God to revive. No situation is too impossible for God to break through. So now, like, saying this, saying, like, we're hoping for revival, we're believing for breakthrough, it's easier to say than to, like, live out, right? Like, how do we live this out? This is a great question. And this is the thing that I I really, really don't want us to miss today from this story. And that is that through this story, God actually gives Ezekiel and us a process for breakthrough, there's a process for breakthrough. We see it laid out right here. And I've actually created um, a little slide for us, a tool for us to help us remember this process. Because sometimes, I don't know about you, I need a process. I'm like, what can I do, right? 
So the process of breakthrough we see in the story are as follows. It goes step one, acknowledge. Step two, surrender. Step three, speak. Step four, watch. And step five, invite. So let's talk about it. Let's dive in. First up, acknowledge. So identify where you need breakthrough, where you need God's help. The very first step in the process of breakthrough is admitting that you need it. I think it can be really easy for us to like numb out to the deep needs of our life, the deep wants of our heart or the situations that we're facing. I think sometimes we just tend to avoid it or ignore it. We go towards like self-preservation or cynicism. Like what's the point of even trying, right? Or what happens if I ask for God's help and nothing happens? But I love this. I love this detail that God starts off this vision by showing him the bones and asking him, can these bones live? God is not trying to brush over the severity of the situation, but he does want him to acknowledge it, to face it head on, right? I think it's, it, this is important for us to see because I think it, it's hard to see the breakthrough when it happens when we didn't even, we, were, we couldn't even see that we needed it, right? We couldn't identify it in the first place. So is there something in your life that feels dead? A dream that you had, a prayer that feels too big to ask, acknowledge it. Step two, surrender. Surrender. Surrender it to God. Humble yourself before the Lord. God had just asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel replies simply, Lord, only you know. Ezekiel had no hope in the bones, but he had hope in God, right? He had no idea what God is about to do with these bones, but he knew that God did. Ezekiel was confident that God alone knew And I think that's important for us to see, like, it is not our job to know how God is going to move or how he's going to answer, but it is our job to humble ourselves before him, to let go of control, and to surrender the situation to him. All right, step three, speak. So God tells Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I love this like simple instruction, right? Like speak the word of God over your situation. Declare what is true. Preach to your problem. Mark Batterson, who wrote Circle Maker, which is a book on prayer, he says this a lot. He says, don't just talk about your problems to your God, but talk about your God to your problems. I think when you need breakthrough, one of the best things that you can do is to root yourself in the word of God. For me, um, during a particularly like difficult season years ago, um, I needed to know what was true about God. Like I needed to be reminded of his power. I needed an anchor in my life. And I was pretty new to my faith at the time, and so I, I didn't really know where to start, honestly. And so I went and found this list of scriptures that I could hold on to, and I read it over and over and over again. I tried to memorize it, keyword tried, don't have it quite yet after many years, but it's there. It's close. But I made it easier for myself, and I uh, alphabetized it, like tried to like get key points in there, right? And I, I keep it in my phone. I read it all the time, especially when I need to be reminded that 
God is able to do more than I could ever imagine, ask, or request. He is bigger than my circumstances. He cares for me, and he cares for my problems. He is for me, not against me. He is a good father who gives good gifts to his children. He's holy. He heals. He's the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. He's my peace, my protector, my provider. He restores. He redeems. He revives. He's my savior. He's trustworthy, and he is working and making a way when I can't see it. And so much more. That's just a short list, right? But I've read these words more times than I can count. Times in my life where, like, Scripture was like the life raft keeping me afloat. This is just my list. Like I said, you can steal it if you want it, uh, or you can make your own. Make it your own. And I just... especially writing this, like, I kept thinking, like, when Emily and I were stuck on that river, the moment that I knew that help was coming, I felt immediately calm. Like, I was like, they're smarter than me. They'll know what to do. Like, Tim is going to fix this. Thank God, right? I immediately felt better. And I just believe that the same thing is true when it comes to breakthrough for us. It can be so easy to get discouraged in the waiting, to forget the promises of God, to forget what his word says. So we have to be drenching our minds, hearts, souls in scripture. All right, step four, watch. Watch, look for the evidence of how God is moving. It says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. So he follows to the instructions. And it says, as I was prophesying, there was a noise. The bones came together bone to bone. So once Ezekiel speaks the word of God over the bones, things started changing. There was still work to be done. It wasn't quite finished, right? But things were happening. And I just know that sometimes God brings breakthrough in a moment, in like a second. But I think oftentimes he brings breakthrough in stages. So don't miss the miracle along the way as it's happening. Watch for it. Look for it. Praise God for how he's moving. Ask for more, right? Watch, be on the watch. And last step, invite. Invite the Holy Spirit to do what only he can. You'll notice in the story, the bones start to assemble, it says, but there was no breath in them. So God follows back up and he tells Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath. Say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath, breathe into these slain so that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life. They stood up on their feet, a vast army. And remember, the word here for breath is the same as spirit. So preaching the word of the Lord over the bones, it started to work. It started the work of breakthrough, but it wasn't enough. There needed to be a work by the spirit, something that only God could do. Ezekiel invites the spirit of God into the situation And these bones, they don't just become alive. Like, God just doesn't revive them, but they become a vast army. And this is so the work of God, isn't it, right? It's like he doesn't just bring breakthrough. He brings it in a way that is bigger than we could ever imagine. You know, here at this church, we pray a lot, Holy Spirit, come. And we pray that because we know that our own power, our own, like, humanity has limits, but there is no limit to God's power. We need the Spirit of God. 
Without it, everything is just a bunch of bones, right? So invite the Holy Spirit into your situation. So there we have it. The process of breakthrough. Acknowledge, surrender, speak, watch, invite. And again, I made this little tool for us to help us remember it. It's helped me remember it. So if you want to take a picture of this, you can. Who doesn't love a process, right? But here's, here's the best thing of all. The best thing about this, and I want you to hear me, <laughs> is that God invites us into this process. There's no doubt that God could have done all of that on his own. He didn't need Ezekiel, but he invited him into the process anyway. He gave him something to do, and I believe that he's doing the same for us. He's a relational God. He wants us involved. He doesn't want us to miss the breakthrough that is coming. You know, I, I am someone, I, I've seen God move in some powerful, miraculous ways in my life. I was thinking about this this morning, like literally one year ago, um, I was spending the night in the hospital with my mom who was really, really sick. And she desperately needed a, a liver transplant. And her doctors told us, like, expect to wait at least a year. Like, the average wait time is a year. So that's what I expected. I was like, okay, I'm ready, I'm in. Like, I, like today, I expected to still be taking care of her, terrified that, like, her life was in danger. But what instead happened was, this was, again, a year ago, and then two days later, after they told us this, my mom received a life-saving transplant. I wasn't, yeah, so good. I wasn't even going to tell the story, but, because I literally cry every time I think about it, um, but she's here today. She's back here. She's thriving. She's doing amazing, and Sometimes I literally am in shock that it happened like that. And I tell you that story, and again, I want, to, I want you to hear me. Like That's just one massive example in my life of how God has moved in a way that was unexplainable for me and brought breakthrough when I needed it most. I've seen him do many other things, but I also need you to hear me that there are still things in my life that feel impossible, where I feel stuck. So this message is, is for me just as much as it may be for you. And this morning I felt like very like pressed upon me, like God wanted me to talk about this. Is like we've been praying a lot about, or we've been talking a lot over the last few weeks about prayer and revival and breakthrough and like stepping into the river and taking our faith to the next level, like trusting God for revival. And I, I just want to say like maybe the first week this was me, first couple of weeks, and maybe this is you, is like, maybe you have a little bit of a wall up to God right now. And so you're hearing this, and you're like, I know, I know, but I just, there's something holding me back. Only you know, only you know what that may be, right? Maybe you're sitting here today, and you're hearing this message, and you're like, that sounds great, Leslie, but you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I've done. You don't, you don't know, <laughs> And I just want to tell you, you're right, I don't. But God does know. 
Psalm 130 in the Passion Translation says this. It says, I will wait upon you, God, expecting your breakthrough. For your word brings me hope. It goes on, it says, keep hoping, keep trusting, keep waiting on the Lord. He has a thousand ways to set you free. That place, that thing where you need breakthrough, and you're like, I can't even see one solution for how this is going to turn out. God has a thousand. And hear this today. He's inviting you in to this process. He's inviting you to believe to walk with him through this process. So I can't think of a better way for us to close today than by stepping into that invitation. So my question for you today is, where do you need breakthrough? Where do you need God's help? Right now, I want you to identify something in your life that you want to apply this process to. Okay, I'm gonna give you like, legit, I'm gonna give you 30 seconds, I'm not gonna talk. I want you to get out your phone. Don't get on TikTok, just get out your phone. I want you to write it in a note to yourself, maybe text it to yourself, and just simple, keep it simple. Like, apply the process to blank. Apply the process to blank, okay? So go ahead, do that right now. And then immediately what we're going to do is pray. I would just love to pray for all of you in the room, for all of us. So would you stand with me? And this is what we're going to do. I'm going to pray over all of us, over us in the room. And when I say amen, then we're going to worship. We're going to sing a song about praising God before the breakthrough happens, right? What a perfect way to end today. And I just want to encourage you, if you need prayer, if you're like, man, I, I don't even know what to pray for myself, but I need it. Our prayer team is going to be at the front. There's going to be somebody in the back as well. Don't leave here without praying with somebody, okay? But immediately what I want to do is pray over us. So would you close your eyes? I just want to pray over the situations, over the things that we wrote down, right? Like, Lord, we just give you this process. We trust you with it. I pray over every single word, situation, person um, that was written down. God, I just pray that you would do what only you can do. God, we're taking that first step, stepping in, acknowledging that we need you, surrendering it to you, God, and we just know that you are able to do more than we ever could in this situation. 
So we invite you in. We ask, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you do what only you can do? Would you bring these places where we feel stuck? Would you bring breakthrough? Would you breathe life into these? If you're in the room and, and you wrote down something, you're like, I'm going through it and I, I need God's help. I need breakthrough. Would you just be really brave for one second and raise your hand? Not for me, not for anyone else around you, just to be like, God, I'm stepping into this invitation that you're giving me. God, I pray for every hand raised. I pray for the person who is too afraid to raise their hand as well. God, we just know that we are all going through it. And we have no hope without you. So God, would you fill the room with your spirit? Would you do what only you can do? Would you have stories upon stories upon stories of testimonies of how you've moved in these situations? God, we love you. We thank you for this process. We trust you with it. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.